This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ community radio station, Joy 94.9. Welcome to the Rainbow Report. News, opinion, current affairs for the Rainbow community. From Join 94.9, Australia's only full-time gay and lesbian radio station. And now, your host, Doug Pollard. Good evening. Well, thanks to Chris and Cam for the Drive Factory. And good evening and welcome to the Rainbow Report on Who Needs Marriage? Yeah, you heard me. Or shouldn't we be forgetting about marriage? Aren't some things more important? Well, to discuss this proposition with us in the studio, we have Tim Peppard of Australian Marriage Equality, who naturally takes rather a different view, and uh, Rebecca Dahl of Nichols Family Law to help us understand what we already have under the law and perhaps what we still need and marriage might give us. On the phone, we'll be chatting to Dr Lynn Hillier, the author of Writing Themselves In Reports about the attitudes and experiences of young GLBTI people and what they need. And finally, singer Jade Leonard will be joining us. Uh, She's fundraising for Equal Love with a song. And this is your host, Doug Pollard, ably assisted this evening, as usual, by my producer, James Newbery. Oh, hi, Doug. Good evening. No now, bullfrog tonight. No, no bullfrog no tonight. Bullfrog. No, we got that out of our systems last week, as TJ's looking very relieved. Dr. Lynn Hillier is uh, Adjunct Associate Professor at the Australian Research, Research Centre in Sex, Health and Society. She's best known, probably, for the writing themselves in reports on sexuality, health and well-being of same-sex attractive and gender-questioning young people. There have been three of them in 1998, 2005 and 2010, and they've been crucial in making the case for better care for GLBTI youth, especially their mental health. Good evening, Lynn. Hi, Doug. How are you? I'm pretty good, thanks. Now, um, you've been doing these uh, reports for quite a while now, as I said, since uh, 98. Um, so you've got a pretty good handle on the kind of things that matter to young people and, more importantly, what they need. Mm-hmm. Would you say that there are still urgent needs that young GLBTI people have? Oh, certainly. I mean, if you look at the um, the research data, we see that uh, these young people are faring worse on a whole lot of measures. Um, For example, they're far more likely to have attempted suicide, have harmed themselves, and more importantly, um, much more likely to um, have suffered abuse. And, you know, the abuse is in the form of homophobic abuse, and that's very strongly connected to self-harm and suicide. Now, if we um, look, we're looking tonight at the subject of marriage generally. Um, I'd just like to ask you, as a as a personal opinion, and perhaps based on your experience with young people, if we could get married, would that improve the mental health of young people? Do you think, directly or indirectly? Well, if I take it from the point of view of young people, and we were amazed this time um, with the third writing themselves in report. I mean, no one mentioned wanting to get married in 1998 and by the time we got to 2004 young people talked a lot about wanting to have children but marriage wasn't so much on the scene by the time we got to 2010 loads of them you know the the vast majority of them want to get married they want to have the same things that other young people have and um you know it's horrifying in a way but they want a white picket fence they want (laughs) 
you know, the bended knee, the wedding dress, the uh, the diamond rings, um, and I guess, you know, they're entitled to make the same mistakes as anyone else. <laughs> Dr Hillier, James Newbury here. Um, yes, it is horrifying, uh, utterly horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Why would anybody want to be legally bound to another person? But leaving aside the philosophy... I'm really concerned that we're getting caught up in marriage as a debate and ignoring the fact that, well, I think your last report said um, if a boy went through some homophobic violence from his brother, he had a 70% chance of trying to kill himself within 12 months. Uh, Well, I don't think that we can um, be as absolutely specific as that. We do know that young people... um, who come out to anyone and, and are rejected by that person are more likely to self-harm and or attempt suicide. And how so are rejection rates running at the moment? Uh, look, uh, young people just don't tell anyone nilly, willy-nilly. So for a start, people who are told are a fairly biased group. They're mm-hmm. the people who young people have looked at for a while, check them out, throw things into the conversation, and they've decided that they're trustworthy. So out of those who young people deem are trustworthy, the rejection rate runs at about 25%. Mm. Um, Given that they're the ones that young people are putting their faith in, you know, they're not going to come out to people who've given the impression that they're not going to accept them. And that's sort of a fairly high rate of rejection, I think. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. And that's fair. I mean, it, it must be really, really rough. I mean, even now, when I think it's a lot easier for people to come out than it used to be. I mean, you, you found, for example, that you've got many more respondents uh, when you were putting together your latest report compared to 98, didn't you? Oh, it loads more. I mean, um, uh, 749 in 1998 and over 3,000. So, you know, four times. Um, and in 1998, one in five had never spoken to anyone about it. Mm. Um, by the time it gets to 2010, only one in 40 hadn't spoken to anyone about it. So um, we, we are talking about young people standing out, standing up, coming out, demanding their rights. And I think... You know, that's what part of this marriage thing is about for them. They want what other young people have. And, but, Dr Hillier, we're seeing, according to your research, that there is more homophobia, there is more violence, we're seeing an increase in rejection rates. And are things getting better since 1998, or are they actually worse? Um, I wouldn't say it's an increase in rejection rates. I think we're sort of running at about 25%, um, and we have since 1998. In terms of the increase in violence, I think we've got more visible targets. So, you know, young people are out now, and they're not putting it up with with it anymore, and they're not hiding. So... Um, so they're much um, much more likely to be targeted than if they were sort of invisible. But yes, those increased rates of violence are really concerning. And you know, sometimes I think I think Gandhi said that you know when you're having social mm. change, when you're getting close to the end, you know, there's a real struggle. And I think we're right in the middle of that struggle. 
Yeah, well, we certainly seem to be, for example, in uh, in England, where Peter Tatchell's on record as saying, you know, the levels of homophobia are, are, are higher than he's ever seen them. Um, mm. Certainly the situation is pretty bad in France at the moment, mm. as far as that's yeah. concerned. Um, I just wanted to come back to this question of the symbolism. I was, I was fascinated when you were talking about the bended knee and the, and the ring and, yeah. and, and, and all that other stuff, um, because we often hear criticism of the whole push for marriage as saying, oh, you know, why should we want to ape heterosexuals? But it sounds to me as though young people want to do exactly that. Yes, not all of them, but a lot of them do. And I guess for me, on, on a personal note, it might be, not be something I want, but young people should have the right to either have it if they want or reject it if they don't want it. Um, at the moment, they don't have the right to reject it either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tim Peppard is here from Australian Marriage Equality. Tim. Hello, Doug. Hello, Dr Hillier. Um, <clears throat> I totally agree with what you just said, that um, what we're seeking is equality for the right for people to marry if they wish to, and it is only a... Uh, certain segment of the GLBTI community that will want to and that's over a range of ages Uh, but we think it is very important and in the last few years um, we've seen Australia slip behind a range of prominent nations who've let their citizens do just that and that's Mm. all we're seeking. Yeah, Mm. yeah. The... I, I guess one of the things that bothers me slightly is that, yeah, um, okay, uh, we, we know we want marriage. There's a majority of people think we ought to have marriage. A lot of young people want marriage. But um, are we not in danger of concentrating too much on marriage um, and letting some other things that we could possibly achieve sooner that would make things better for young people, uh, letting them slip? Yeah, look, um, that that certainly is one way of thinking about it, and I may have thought about that at one point, but I think that if you have something as stark as marriage, the thing that, you know, it's sort of represented as the final, you know, the final thing in a relationship to to validate it, uh, and that's not available, all of that, all that does is feed into homophobia. I mean, you've got young you've got kids who aren't uh who who are the abusers who can say well okay you know Mm. you're not you're not good enough your relationship isn't good enough it's second rate and of course that then feeds into all of the other not good enough and all the other negative discourses yeah yeah Uh, well we shall just have to keep on battling then we don't won't we lynn exactly (laughs) right it's a long hard road (laughs) it is indeed well thank you very much for all the good work you've done along the way lynn and thank you very much for joining us tonight thanks Thanks very much, Doug. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was uh, Dr Lynn Hillier from uh, ARCH. She's the Australian Research Centre in Sex, Health and Society, which is really hard to say and not trip over. <laughs> <laughs> you did it beautifully. Uh, but uh, I, th- I think that's the key point there, that um, one of the things that always gets me about the, 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 the marriage argument, I'm very much in favour of, of, of marriage personally, but there seems to me that uh, there's been an over-concentration on marriage and a lot of other things have kind of got left behind instead of them being kind of bundled together. And I think that, that that's kind of what concerns me. It, it's not pulling things along in the slipstream. It's not, it's not just that things have been left behind, Doug. It's that it was for a complete, utter, wasted, shambolic 
political effort, which had no chance of success in this term of parliament. Tonight we're asking, who needs marriage? Are there more important things to think about? With me in the studio, I've got co-host James Newbury. I've got Beck Dahl from Nichols Family Lawyers and the man we're putting in the hot seat next, you heard from him briefly just now, Tim Peppard, Victorian convener of Australian Marriage Equality. Obviously a very pro-marriage man, Tim. Yeah, I think uh, marriage is a... Um, it's a choice that people should have if they want to commit to someone uh, for love and also to... It is a symbolic, uh, an important sim- symbol in society that uh, your relationship is as fully recognised as that of a heterosexual couple. And so for that point, it is stirring up a lot of opposition from the traditional enemies of the GLBTI mm. community, which is the churches, certain conservative political groups and uh, elements of society who are really opposed to us having full rights. And so for that reason, it is highly uh, symbolic for young people. Dr. Mm-hmm. Hillier spoke about how young people see that as a symbol that their rights are yeah, that they're increasing. as good as they're as good as anyone else. Indeed, yeah. indeed. But 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 Tim, what I what I want to get to is, you know, let, let let's be frank here. I mean, we've 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 gone into Parliament with this. The Labor bill fell over. The Greens bill didn't get to a vote. The Tasmanian bill failed. There's no prospect of it coming to a vote in the Victorian Parliament. Matters are looking shaky in other states. Even if state-based marriage would stand up legally, which probably wouldn't, oh, shouldn't not we just move on and do something else? No, not at all. And and also too, I understand you like to stir up the dialogue, but uh, I think your commentary was a bit overstated. And I think that um, this year alone in Victoria, where I'm organising, we have had uh, Kelly O'Dwyer change her publicly support uh, marriage equality, a very prominent Liberal in a very blue ribbon Liberal area uh, in Higgins. We've had Michael Danby in Melbourne Ports on Joy come out two weeks ago and say that he supports marriage equality. Now, the point of that is that they had a lot of pressure for them not to support it, mm-hmm. and they also had pressure from a range of sources to support it. Michael Danby, in particular, from the Jewish community, uh, certain Orthodox Jewish people were not supportive of it, and he said to them, the world is changing. The world is changing. England, America, President Obama, it's happening in France, it's happening in very Catholic countries. The world is changing, and certain conservative groups have to acknowledge that the world is changing and they can just get allow it to happen in a civilised way. Yeah, we don't I'm, want it I'm, to happen like France. No, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this more from the kind of practical angle. Accepting the principle that marriage is a good idea, um, we're now in a situation where it seems that, as I say, it, it, it didn't get up in the federal parliament, it didn't get up in the state parliament. We, we're about to have, probably, almost certainly, uh, a very hostile government with Tony uh, Abbott at the head of it. Hmm. Um, you know, are, are we not just flogging a dead horse at this no, point? No, every time... We're getting significantly more politicians in Parliament saying we support you and that when the next vote comes up, they uh, will be pushing for it. Uh, also, to the situation within, uh, with um, Kevin Rudd coming out mm-hmm. and saying now that he fully supports it is important because... What we've had in this country is a lack of leadership by any major party, apart from the Greens, on this issue. And uh, in the UK, um, 
uh, Prime Minister Cameron was the, pushing for it in France. Uh, President uh, Sarkozy, not Sarkozy, the um, Hollande. Hollande, sorry, I apologise. <laughs> and um, but you had uh, the head of the parties supporting it and and being le- actual real leaders in yeah. this country. We which haven't we, had which that. we haven't had. We that. haven't had that yet. However. James, do you want to come in here? Yeah, I do. Um, so rather than look at federally, uh, we've seen Australian marriage equality go for state-based marriage in spite of this piece of text. When a law of a state is inconsistent with the law of the Commonwealth, the latter shall prevail, and the former shall, to the extent of the inconsistency, be invalid. Now, our tame lawyer here back can tell me Very what that impressive, is. Very impressive, James. Isn't that section 109 of the Australian Constitution? That's exactly what I was about to say. Well done. And that's the owner's manual, isn't it, for the country? It is. So, so, so what does that mean So why are you wasting money on, on state-based marriage, money and time and effort? It, it's astonishing to me. It, it, it's there. It's not going to work. Why aren't you building that leadership that you say we need so desperately? Excuse me? Um... We are building the leadership, but at the point is that um, we have some very senior uh, lawyers who say we have a very strong case, and I can't comment on it now. We can get Rodney Croom in a, a week or two on the radio mm. uh, to give more specific information regarding what is happening on a state-based uh, legislation, but there are things happening. And, James, I'm not aware you're a High Court judge, so I don't <laughs> think that you are able to so definitely comment upon what the differences are. Well, I've, got, we have, I've we, got six High Court judges here. Let me get you the citations. That's fair enough, that, James. That say that you're wrong. <laughs> well, we've got other people. As with uh, all laws evolve and change, they're subject to interpretation, as Rebecca can support. Exactly. So uh, that, that's happening now with DOMA in America, that the Supreme Court is now reassessing a law. But we don't live in America. No, no, no. It's the same principles that laws are not, uh, do get assessed in okay. light of the... I, I want to bring back in on this one here, because sure. you're, you're, I can see you sort of squirming there, and <laughs> you are after all a lawyer. Um, what's, what's your take on this? It's just as an off-the-cuff opinion. Oh, it's, it's interesting, I think, Doug. I mean, obviously, you know, there's probably a lot of constitutional arguments around it, but there's a lot of very interesting people who are very clever at um, interpreting the Constitution. I'd be very interested to hear some more about the that difference between the state and the Commonwealth legislation and how that might be resolved or or changed or otherwise. I think it's really interesting. Well, that, that, that that's obviously something we're going to have to come back to at another point because it's going to get... Um, very, very complicated and legalistic mm. if we go into the ins and outs mm. of the argument right now. I, 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 I want to come to an, another... Can I make a comment? Sure. sure. That uh, you're saying, uh, oh, we're frogging a dead horse. Each time it's come up in uh, Parliament, we have more support. And I think we've got to consider that this is a relatively recent, within the last 10 years, uh, evolution... And each time it comes before Parliament, there is much more support. AME this year is having a special website where every candidate, all the the major parties in every electorate, will have their uh, opinion on whether they support marriage equality or not listed. Now, we've never had that before. We'll also have it... uh, There'll be a range of discussions. Marriage equality is a new issue on the block. And in Parliament... Uh, there's a lot of people who previously weren't supportive but now have evolved, a major one being Kevin Rudd. Right. So politically, we are. it is inevitable. The question is not, 
uh, if but when. Okay, can I just stop you there because there's one more question I want to get in before we go to the break, which is um, you spoke to me off air about fundraising efforts and things like that, and it plays into something I wanted to ask you because, with hindsight from my point of view, it looks a little bit as though splitting the movement for marriage equality in two, so we had equal love going out on the streets and AME doing the kind of lobbying side of things. Um, might have been a mistake because the, the the street protests seem to have got hijacked to a large extent by some extreme socialist groups and their rare red flags and so on, which has put a lot of people off the issue who might otherwise um, have been for it. So I was going to ask you, um, can we recover the public event space for the majority by, for example, you holding mass events of your own? Well, I hope so. And, and I, gather, I gather you've got something coming up. We've got a fantastic fundraiser night coming up, the closing gala of the Melbourne Cabaret Festival on Sunday the 7th of July. Uh, tickets are only $35 and there will be a charity auction there and people can bid for the chance to have dinner in a very nice restaurant with eight of their, with seven of their friends with Justice Michael Kirby. And uh, I think certain lawyers around town will be very interested yeah, in that. Yes, I'm very interested. That would be an interesting... Interesting dinner time discussion, well, I would you, think. You, I'll have to get your boss to bid for you. I'll, I'll let her. I'll let her know. Or, or, or put it on expenses. Oh, that's a good idea, actually. Can you bill Hope, someone? Hopefully, our practice manager's not listening. She doesn't like that. <laughs> and, uh, so, so you are work. You are working hard to raise funds because I know you've been complaining on your website that you need more money. We do need more money, and we're completely voluntary-based, and um, that's exactly right. We've got uh, a range of expenses coming up, leafleting certain high-profile uh, electorates, plus uh, we're planning a, a range of stickers for cars and shop windows and things, and they all cost money. Yep, yep. Do you think you people would be more inclined to give their cash over if you are more um, transparent around money in the sense that a lot of issue groups aren't publishing financials, and before I will give my money over, I want to see financials. Well, that's your prerogative, James, but we actually have no money. We have a very limited group of resources, and we um, uh, we have uh, we put our money into the product. I donate my time, I donate my money. To Last week I was in New South Wales. I paid my own money to go up there for a... Um, uh, dinner, fundraising dinner in Sydney. The people involved with it donate their own time and money to it. So in that case, you've got, you don't publish figures because you've got no figures to publish. Indeed. <laughs> well, there's your answer, James. Well, that's <laughs> honest. It's new. Uh, I think we have a message in, James. We do indeed. It's refreshing to read the Huffington Post in their gay section. Of course, there are more important issues outside of marriage equality, and you see this in this fantastic online newspaper. Where, Doug, is the Australian equivalent? Well, it's nowhere, but if some nice uh, millionaire person would like to bankroll me, I'm happy to start one. But these kind of things take an awful lot of money. Um, mm. You know, um, I, James and I do run a small website, which I'm not going to mention by name. Um, and uh, even that, you know, running on the smell of an oily rag still eats up a fair amount of money. If we were trying to do something on the scale of the Huffington Post, you are talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars to get it going, at least. And, and on top of that, they don't even pay their writers. And the Huffington Post has a very bad typeface. <laughs> so the short answer is, you know, if you know any gay millionaires who would like to bankroll a newspaper, put them in touch with me. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, if you think you could talk Rupert Murdoch into it, I'll even go and work for him to do it. And if you've got <laughs> any nice gay millionaires that, you know, 
I could. Yeah, and if, and if they're looking out for a husband, James is free. Um, we could we could do a package deal for you here. <laughs> but um, Tim, to go back to uh, AME for a moment, um, you know you're, you're struggling to raise funds. Equal Love is struggling to raise funds. Is this um, is this because things have kind of died down a bit? The blaze has has died down a bit mm. because we're coming to the end of the Parliament and what the situation is going to be? No, I don't think things have died down. I think things are revving up you do. Uh, because we've only got three months to go. There's going to be some uh, new announcements of a major corporate sponsor for AME that'll happen later this month. Oh, that's good. Unfortunately, I can't uh, divulge it yet, but there w- it will be announced this month. We've also got a series of fundraising efforts that are planned for 2013, um, including a major raffle, a fun run, and a range of other things that will make money. Okay, well, good luck with it. Thank you for that, Tim. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. And this is your host, Doug Pollard. Tonight we're talking about gay marriage. Do we really need it? No. No, we don't. <laughs> in the studio with me, producer yes, James do. Newbery, who just interjected there. Um, you've got a message in as well, haven't you? I do, Doug. Sophisticated lobbying is required. How about some advertisements with our irreverent sense of humour and a national campaign to be aired widely? Uh, money, 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 I money, suspect, money. yes. Also with us in the studio, uh, Australian marriage equality Victorian convener Tim Peppard. And my next guest. Beck Dahl of Nichols Family Lawyers. She specialises in, well, the whole firm specialises in same-sex family matters, I guess you could call it, for want of anything else. Um, As as you know, we normally have Christina Antoniades from Nichols, but she's actually uh, gone away to have a baby, which is due soon, so I'm sure she's listening in. I'm sure she is, and she would have been disappointed if you didn't mention her, Doug. She'll be be critiquing your performance. Oh, she will. I suspect there's about 10 text messages on my phone already. I imagine there will be. Anyway, Christina, uh, best of luck, fingers crossed, uh, for the baby, which I gather is due in about a month. Do you think time. she's billing the baby in six-minute increments? Yeah. She probably will. Probably yeah, will. wouldn't Probably will. Me. Anyway, Beck, welcome to the show. Thank you, um, Doug. And you're by, by no means a second choice. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm getting that vibe, but look, hopefully I can step uh, into Chris's dear. big shoes. Now, look, I, I know this is a gigantic question, and we don't have time to go into huge amounts of detail, but if you could try and give us some relatively simple answers. I'll I'll start with this one. Um, Would same-sex couples be any better off, uh, legally speaking, if we did have full marriage rights compared to what we have now? Because we often hear people saying, oh, you've got equality already. You're treated as de facto. You don't need marriage. It's only symbolic. Is that true? I think it's an interesting question, Doug. I think what what I always find really interesting is an interesting dichotomy is that the way the Family Law Act set up, when people separate, in terms of property settlements, property divisions dealt with the same way, whether you're married, de facto, same-sex, you know, heterosexual, right. whatever. And I just find it really interesting that... Um, there's, there's equality at the end of a relationship, but there's an argument to say there's not equality at the beginning of a relationship. And that, <laughs> that to me, is a really interesting um, um, point, I think. Mm. So, so, so uh, we, we are treated more or less equally in terms of when we get divorced. That's right. <laughs> Uh, is it, what's it like parent-wise? If, you want to be, if you're a parent, then it gets really thorny, doesn't it? It does. And quite frankly, Doug, I could probably do about three shows on the laws around parenting. But Well, we already did, actually, with people from your company. That's right. <laughs> so I'm not going to go into that in much detail, but I no. think it's really interesting. I think 
the Family Law Act, when it was drafted back in 1975, I don't think they would have envisaged all these really um, new and interesting and beautiful ways that people can create families. And, and with those changes comes challenges for the law, I think, to keep up with all of that. And I think there's constant steps forward. And, and recently, the Attorney-General's asked the Family Law Council to look into some of those issues around parentage. So I think that's really interesting. But I think it's really important. I'm not saying this to plug the lawyer bandwagon, but I, I think when people are thinking about entering into a, a new family or parenting relationship, that it's really sensible to go and get some legal advice, especially if you're looking at things like sperm donation, adoption, surrogacy. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important from the get-go to really have a think about how that might look for you. Yeah, it's not it's not something you should step into too casually. No. I just want to step back very slightly for a moment here. Um, when you marry somebody, if you're heterosexual, there's a whole raft of things fall into place at mm. the moment that you marry. Um, but when, for example, I think your previous will is cancelled and all That's those right. sort of things. Yeah. Um, do you actually have to physically make those sort of changes if you're a de facto couple, same-sex de facto couple? Look, I think in relation to wills, I think that the same really rules and importance apply for everyone. I think everyone should have a will, and I'm a big proponent of that. I think a lot of people but, think... But do you automatically sort of cancel your previous one when you take up with another boyfriend? No, because it's, it's a marriage. A marriage is... So, it, so it only happens when you get married. That's so right. So one of the things you have to do when you're starting a serious relationship with another person, you have to consider changing your will. That's right. And a whole lot of other non-romantic okay. kind give of us a things. Quick, give us a quick list of some of them. Look, I think some of the really important ones are a will. I think a lot of time people think, oh, I'll just die and the rest of them can sort it out. But the trouble that people can get into with that is is really difficult. And, and I think it's really important that when you die, you want to leave your things to who you want to leave them to. And when people die, often there can be really complex litigation about, you know, around who it goes to and who's the family and, and those sorts of things. But... but then there's the actual dying process. What about how can I determine, you know, that my true love gets to determine when to unplug me? And if that's not romance, I don't know what it is. Oh, I think it's fantastic. <laughs> Look, I think the other important thing, and I think which could fix some of those problems, is things like powers of attorney and powers of guardianship. And, and they're mechanisms that are available for people to determine who will make those decisions for mm. them, whether they're financial decisions, whether they're the romantic turning the life support off, and all those <laughs> sorts of things. And mm. they're quite simple documents to enter into. I think I'd, I'd encourage people to, again, get legal advice on them, but... But that could be a really important thing to make sure that the people you want to make the decisions are. And and what about keeping him away from my money? <laughs> yes. Well, there are options. He's sounding very dodgy, this man. James, well, no, you might want to reconsider no, your I, life I'm choices. I'm forever alone, but, oh. you know, I, I, my true love is actually my PlayStation. So, oh. Yeah. Um, but, but if there was a man. If there was if, a man, how could I keep him away? If the PlayStation was a man, I think one thing one thing that you could look at there is what we call a binding financial agreement, which is really like a prenup, a prenup in American bad American movies and Kanye West songs. But that's an option that's available to mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. de facto couples. Look, I'm not saying she's a gold digger, but, but she gives you stop money. Change, stop changing the subject, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> Stick to the point here. Okay, so what we so clearly so far we need a binding. Um, Financial, financial agreement. agreement. We need an enduring power of attorney. We are probably going to need advanced health directives. We need a will. A will. I'm at six at six minute billing blocks. This is sounding very expensive compared to a hundred and thirty dollars marriage license. It's a small price to pay for a long term game, James. 
Okay, so we can get around it if we just write checks. Good. Fantastic. Think, 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 think of it as an investment. <laughs> an investment in your love. The, 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 I, I suppose there's something to be said for it in that, uh, let's play devil, devil's advocate here, because it's what I seem to be doing most of tonight. Um, it's a bit like children, you know, heterosexual couples have children or can have children more or less accidentally and frequently do have them more or less accidentally. Mm. Um, uh, if a same-sex couple have children, it has to be planned, has to be organized. Uh, it's very expensive. Lots of commitments have to be made. Um, so you're pretty well certain that a, a gaby is a wanted baby. Mm, gabies are wanted. In fact... And, 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 and isn't there a case to be said that because you have to go through all the shenanigans to cement a relationship, that that's actually um, much more of a binding setup than just going into a registry office and signing a piece of paper? Oh, I disagree. How can we get out of all of these contracts once we've signed them back? Lawyers. Go and see a lawyer again, <laughs> So, okay, you're just here to shill for the lawyer industry. Not at all. Not at all. Is it just simply a case of writing a letter, our, our relationship is over, all of these termination provisions are in place now? Look, again, it's, it's not a simple question and all the different um, factors we're talking about require different determinations, but... Um, that some some things in terms of revoking powers of attorney and those sorts of things require a much more formal process. Mm. And as you said, we can now go to the family court for division of property. That's right. And so on and so forth. Um, so even if we already have an agreement in place, that could get overturned in court? Ooh. <laughs> binding financial agreements are one of the more complicated areas of the law, Doug. They don't yeah. sound very binding. But, Doug, we've had an urgent message in. Yeah, it's Christina saying, very funny, Beck. Thanks for the mention, Doug. You guys sound great. Well, thank you, Christina. I knew you'd be there. Thanks, I Chris. It's in writing now. You can't deny it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to get that printed and framed for you. I'd really appreciate that. Yeah, pop that up in the office <laughs> in, case, in case she gives you trouble when she gets back. Oh, she will. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, so the difficulties really around same-sex couples come really when you start talking about the parenting thing, because, and particularly with two men. Yes. Because it's, it's relatively, and I say relatively, and I do stress the word very heavily, relatively easy when it comes to two women being recognised as simpler. parents. Yeah. It's definitely simpler. But it's really, really difficult when it comes to two guys. That's right. And, and look, there's differences. Every case is really quite different. And depending on how, you know, the, the child came about, I guess, there's different laws around surrogacy, sperm donation, all those sorts of things. And as I say, it's such a minefield. And even, you know, as we speak, there's different cases coming that are being looked at. And it's, it's a bit of a moving feast. And even for us as lawyers, mm-hmm. it's really interesting mm-hmm. to try and keep up with all the changes. So you're probably against same-sex marriage really aren't you because it's going to do you out of a lot of work oh, i wouldn't have thought so doug i wouldn't have thought so <laughs> you know you're not going to have to draw up all these arrangements you're not going to have to do have all this uh, complicated stuff around surrogacy and adoption and sperm donation so it's all, it's all well, gonna... perhaps not but i think you know heterosexual <laughs> couples can be just as complicated as same-sex couples <laughs> uh don't have much experience of that i'm, I'm really confused by this idea that having a child is hard and complicated, Doug. Facebook tells me that all it requires is half a cup of genetic material, a trip to India and $40,000 and it's done in nine months. <laughs> it's not that it's, simple anymore. Well, it seems Facebook wouldn't you can't, lie. You can't, you can't do it in India anymore. Well, not at the moment anyway. Yeah, in, India's really interesting well, actually. Why is it interesting? Well, there, there are 
and I'm simplifying this and, you know, experts might tell me we are otherwise. Yes, we, are, we are not giving legal advice here. One of the big problems that people are facing in India at the moment is that to go and collect a child, you need a special type of medical visa, mm-hmm. which are only in broad terms available to married couples who have been married for more than two years. So a lot of um, same-sex couples are a bit in limbo with Indian surrogacy about whether they're going to have Ooch. the ability to collect their children. Ooch. Well, that's, that's a whole other story which we'll have to go into another time. We have covered it in the past, but we obviously need to pick up on it. We're talking tonight about who needs marriage, and you heard there someone's contribution to this whole debate, but she's singing about it, and she's my next guest. She's Jade Leonard. Good evening, Jade. Good evening, Doug. How are you? Um, very well, thank you. So did you write this little song yourself? Yes, I did, all by my lonesome. Wow. Well, very well done there. Um, I, I hear a few other voices there. Who's, who's, who's there? Um, there's guest vocalists on the track. Um, I was backed by the illustrious team of Dolly Diamond oh. and Luke Gallagher, who are both wonderful friends of Joy as well. So what made you decide to write a song about Equal Love and then put it up as a, a fundraiser for the Equal Love campaign? Um, I guess because I've wanted to have... Uh, I've wanted to give something, do you know what I mean? Uh, like, I'm an independent musician, so I don't usually have copious amounts of spare cash lying around <laughs> that I can kind of bundle up and throw at people. So, no. you know, I thought, how how can I best lend my voice um, to, to, you know, this fight and this campaign? Um, and I've had in mind for probably a, quite a number of years to write a song and I, I wanted to write a song that would kind of become a bit of a theme song at our rallies um, in Australia and yeah I guess you know it, different things have happened over the last couple of months and have meant that the song's been able to come into fruition now um, yep. I've had some wonder, wonderful support from Equal Love and also from the Victorian AIDS Council yeah I was going to say they put some money in there didn't they to help yeah. you do this yeah, the Victorian AIDS Council Gay Men's Health Centre um, put up, uh, basically covered the cost of us to record and um, and to create the music video that you can see on YouTube. Okay, and um, I've also put that on the Joy website on the Rainbow Report page, so people can see it there. And I've also put up there the links to iTunes and Google Play uh, and so on, so that people can actually buy this track, because when they buy this track, uh, the money goes to the Equal Love campaign, doesn't it? Yeah, 100% of the profits. Uh, I'm just in, in the process of contacting all of the major players to actually ask them if they can uh, reduce or perhaps even remove their commission on the sales. Um, but at this point, uh, CD Baby has, has removed their commission, which is brilliant. So iTunes and, and all the big players still take a, a commission out of the sale. But yes, 100% of the profits um, will be donated to, to the Equal Love campaign. Well, that's great, Jade. Well, I, I know you're due on stage tonight, so I won't, uh, I won't keep you. But um, thank Thank you very much for doing this. Thanks for writing a great little song. And TJ, can we play out with Jade's song? And uh, have a good night. Thanks so much. See you, Jade. What do we want? Equal love. Where do we want it now? I said, what do we want? Equal love. Where do we want it now? It's just sweet love. the 
Until you hear what we have to say We're gonna keep on dancing Till equal marriage day What do we want? Well, that's Jade Leonard there with her song Equal Love. As I say, you can buy it on iTunes, Google Play and loads of other places. Uh, if you want to find the links there on the Joy website, the Rainbow Report page, uh, where you can also see the YouTube video of the assembled throng in the studio. <laughs> uh, and don't forget, all the profits from that will be going to the Equal Love campaign. Well, ladies and lady and gentlemen... <laughs> Doug, we've got a message. We have a message. We have a message. There's too much emphasis on on lesbian and gay marriage. Life used to be so simple once. I know. When they changed the law, Doug... Oh, is that what that means? Yes. I I thought it said LPG. I was wondering... Oh, I'm assuming it's an autocorrect foul. (laughs) Doug, I've changed my mind through the course of this show. Oh, yes? When the law is changed, I'm going to marry my PlayStation. (laughs) Yeah. Was that just an on-air I proposal? The, I think the Australian Christian lobby will have TJ something to say about TJ wants me to marry that. my Xbox. <laughs> I think the Australian Christian lobby will have something to say about slippery slopes there. <laughs> mm, slippery slopes. So, Tim Pappard, are we on a slippery slope? We're on a momentum that's going to continue till we get equal marriage in uh, federal parliament. I think that the timing of that is uh, depends a lot upon the, all the parliamentarians in the next uh, parliament. Uh, but also, too, I think that there is considerable more visible support in um, for marriage equality, and so that gives us great confidence. But it's very important for all the listeners out there to write and visit and email and ring their local MP or candidate to say... Yeah, I was just want to come in there on, on that one, Tim, because uh, I think it's very important that we don't play party politics with this issue. Mm. In other words, if there's a candidate or an MP out there, it doesn't matter what party they belong to, if there's a candidate or a sitting MP out there and they support marriage and they support gay rights generally, then we go and work for them, then we go and vote for them. Mm. Um, because we're going to have to be very tactical about this. We can't, in my estimation, stop Tony Abbott taking government next time round, but we can work really hard to make sure that there's a cadre of pro gay, pro LGBTI, pro marriage MPs there who owe us. Oh, which I, I think agree. is the important part. I agree. And uh, but also to AME is definitely not party political and we support people in all parties who support us. So this website, when, you, when you're sort of listing who all these MPs are and um, you know, what their opinions are, you'll be canvassing them all. Oh, indeed. We've already sent out the uh, uh, surveys to or 90x percent of the candidates. So what if they don't answer? If they don't answer, we say they didn't answer, and then we give them an opportunity to say, um, did, it, did it get lost in the email? <laughs> and uh, we ring them, and we will. Ha- it will be very transparent, and we give them an opportunity to uh, reply. Where, how are you going to select which constituencies you're going to really, really target? Because um, you said earlier on, you know, you're going to leaflet and, and all that sort of thing in certain specific constituencies well, <clears throat> to try and get a certain outcome. So how, how do you pick those? They, they, we're not a rich. But you can't do all of them. We can't do every Victorian electorate. We can't do uh, every every electorate. We do the electorates that are in Melbourne that are electorates that actually have a lot of local residents who support marriage equality, but the local member doesn't necessarily reflect that in his voting. I'm looking at examples like Wills uh, of Kuyong, um, 
we've got Batman, which is an interesting one coming up because uh, no, we the don't. Greens reckon they're in with a chance there. They who? The Greens. Well, the Greens have it in their um, uh, manifesto that they support marriage equality. Mm. But uh, if a Labor person gets in, if it's uh, Senator David Feeney, um, we need him to come out and say that he absolutely will vote for it next time. No pairing or anything. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, mean that great we, feminist warrior, Doug. Well, yes, indeed. We do get a lot of equivocal responses, I think, when we ask these kind of questions. People, people say, "Well, if it's a conscience vote, and if this and if that," particularly on the liberal side, um, you know, nobody's actually sort of put their hand up and said, "Oh, I'll cross the floor." Every vote's a conscience vote in the Liberal Party. Yeah, but it doesn't work out like that in practice because if you want a spot on the on the bench or the or the shadow bench, no. Well, I, yeah, that's I think the an important factor of, with speaking with Liberals is to um, get pressure for Tony Abbott to allow a conscience vote on whether they have a conscience vote in the next electorate. <laughs> so a conscience vote within the parliamentary room, if where they have it, and for Tony Abbott to abide by that. That's what we need to get. I don't think it's. I don't think this focus on Tony Abbott in the gay community at the moment is is really helpful. I think what we need to do is focus on building our own political clout. We're eleven percent of the population, for goodness sake. Generally, double income, no kids. Why don't we own the country? Why yeah. <laughs> are we spending our time going around going? Oh well, we're just a you know put upon minority. I I don't understand why we're not organising ourselves and getting together and and. So so behind. you think we should have a gay political party? Why like, stop at one? No, but I mean you know we've got the Australian <laughs> Sex Party, right? They've they've come. You know, they're, and they're amazing on gay rights. And as they're well. very supportive. Mm. And they're very supportive. But I mean, do you think there would be any possibility, for example, if we put together, you know, you're a political operative to your fingertips, <laughs> basically. You know, you're ex, um, you're ex Queensland Liberal for yes, that I sake. am. Um, and I resigned the party over its so, Andy asked position. So he's come, over, he's come over from the dark side, you mm. know. So he knows he knows how it works. Um, do you think there'd be any chance if we could really get the funding together and get the people together no. to put up a, a to no. get a gay senator for Victoria? No, into no, no the, chance. Or, or any state. Gays will never vote in a block. They hate each other. Like politically, the reason I think that's an exaggeration. The re- <laughs> it is an exaggeration. Of course it is. This is radio. The reason. We have been unable um, to to get massive change, and every there have been gay parties tried in the past. The gay community is really harsh on other gay people, especially when it's trying to pick people to represent the gay community because they're afraid of being. Well, we all know what we get up to quietly, you know, mm. in private lives. You mean you mean you mean we have an extreme version of the tall poppy syndrome? Oh well, yes. Just on that uh, point, there was a question earlier on this evening about whether. Um, marriage equality is taking emphasis on other aspects in the gay community. And I, my, I'd like to mention, I don't think it's an either-or. I think that, that there's a... Well, I don't think it is either, but the campaign seems to have been presented in terms of either-or. The mm-hmm. campaign seems to have been pushed along the lines of, you know, if we all get behind marriage equality, we all concentrate on the one thing, then we'll get that. Part of it, Doug, is that hurting the gay community, the lesbian community... Um, the bi community, they have very few things in common, whereas marriage is something we've been able to herd the cats towards. <laughs> but also, too, I'd like to mention that some of our biggest supporters are heterosexuals. Yep. So we mustn't forget our straight allies. Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9.
Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.